On today's show, I speak with David Clements, who brokered ICE.com to the Intercontinental Exchange, the owners of the New York Stock Exchange. This show is vital for any publicly traded company who does not understand the value that an ongoing relationship with a domain name broker will bring to the table for you, as well as the value that a broker brings to a one-time transaction. Enjoy the show. First, serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. Hey, Sherpa Network, thanks for joining us today. We are delighted to have David Clements, president and CEO of Brannons.com, the domain brokerage firm that specializes in confidential and secure domain acquisitions. Uh, thanks for joining us out of Atlanta, Georgia today. Welcome, David. How you been? Hi, Tess. I've been well, thank you. How have you been? Fantastic. I already told you before we started filming, but I just can't resist saying it again. Best backdrop ever. Um, <laughs> Thank you. For all Thank our you. Sherpa guests, we see a variety of backdrops, but not only do you have this fantastic lighting, professional backdrop, but you even included our sponsor, escrow.com. So. I am so disappointed. The one thing I'm missing is my domain Sherpa mug. I tore the house apart for it last night. I looked in our office. It's We boxed a few things up when we moved the offices, and I just I can't find it. You know, so I was ready at right at this point. If everybody will please picture me holding up a domain Sherpa mug, I really wanted to bring it up and put in this in the screen, and I can't find it. Right there, you go. That's that's what I've got. I mean, all I can do right now is I had to bring the coffee in this today. Maybe I'll maybe I'll edit your coffee mug. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you no, put the Sherpa logo on it. Yeah, yeah, but I will send you a new mug. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> I've, I've got it. I'll find it. I promise. Uh, no worries. You, you and Rebecca can each have your own. <laughs> okay. So, David, um, I, today you're on here to talk about ice.com. Um, talk about Christmas in July. You had a very hot sale this summer. Um, ice.com, probably the biggest publicly disclosed um, domain transaction um, more than in 2018 in quite a while. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I think they looked back for publicly disclosed transactions two years right now. I mean, but you know, you know it's going to get beaten. Um, and, and you know there have been sales that have been bigger in the past 24 months that are just under NDA. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, it's always nice to be able to close a deal that size. Um, there's always the, you know, the nervous, uh, days that, that you're, as you're going through the negotiation, have I done everything right? Have I said everything right? Did I, did I send that? I word that email right. Um, you know, but it did, everything seemed to go pretty smoothly, um, yeah. with it. So well, you have tremendous experience in the industry and you're right. I mean, Every word you can, you know, cringe over, but I think you got it down. Um, hey. I think, too, this is a bit of a case study because this domain has, I mean, first of all, a three-letter .com that is a word. That is rare in and of itself. Then that's available. 
but also it's sold in the past for seven figures. Mm -hmm. um, that's exceptionally unusual to see it sell again. And that's really, I mean, we just had to have you on to talk about this. Um, where should we, I want to start for absolutely everyone in the audience who doesn't know, um, you know, so while Brandon specializes in acquisitions, you also do outbound sales. Mm -hmm. Um, shout out to what you're outbound selling today. Okay. Uh, so we signed up career.com. We sent out a press release on it, um, at the end of last week or beginning of this week. And we are, we're already talking to a few interested parties. So. This, this I, I think this one's going to take three months uh, to really flesh out all the potential buyers. But yeah, career.com. So thank you for letting me do the shout out. Oh my gosh. Of course, I mean, that's big news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, congratulations. Um, yeah, career.com. Um, so, so that is an outbound sale. Ice.com, was that an outbound sale or um, were you doing the acquisition on that? Ice.com. It, um, it started off as a couple of phone calls between me and Brian Harbin at Grit Brokerage. He had the exclusive with the seller uh, to sell ice.com and he called me um, to discuss it. And while we were on the telephone, I actually came up with two people I had in my Rolodex that I thought both would be equally interested in it uh, for the price that his client wanted as their, as their, um, the, I guess they had a buy now price. Okay. Uh, so, so that's, that's really how that, how that came about. Very interesting. Okay. So grit brokerage, Brian Harbin was mm -hmm. outbound brokering ice.com. So the owner was ready to sell it. Yes. And, um, and you, um, had some contacts already, some established relationships where you knew they may have an interest in, in right. buying it. Okay. Now, and I mean, seven-figure domain sales often take months, sometimes a year, sometimes longer to um, foster relationships, to have the right timing, to have the financing. Right. Um, but this seems like it was a little quicker. Sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes they take, you know, five years, as you know. Um, this one took... It, it, this one, it's never going to happen again. Okay. So this is a bad case study for anyone watching this because it never happens without all the prep that goes, that goes the past 10 years that goes into it. This one took 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, definitely uh, not a case study, but it was a fascinating yeah. conversation. It That's was me wrestling before I sent the first email with every word of the email and I sent, um, I, I'll tell you where the case study to me comes from with this is in how to phrase emails when you're targeting specific people. You know, you, you get some emails that are so long, you get past the first paragraph and you realize this one's not going to go anywhere. Oh no. You know, they're, they're trying to tell you about this new industry and why this domain name is so great. And I've gotten to where I pay more attention to two incomplete sentences. I generally, when I get an email that's two incomplete sentences, I take it more seriously. I realize the person on the other end is serious, is busy. And so that's actually what I decided to do when I sent my email to one of my contacts. It was, it was two, um, they weren't incomplete, but they weren't com grammatically correct sentences. Okay, they were insanely short. 
Um, and that's what got the reply back within about five minutes. Uh, within another 20 minutes, I'm on the phone uh, with, with the, uh, turns out, with the ultimate buyer. Um, and we ended up making, with, with, within about, it was about 45 minutes of total talk time and email time, uh, we came to an agreement uh, in principle and did the transaction within two weeks. Took less than two weeks. Wow, that's a big, big deal. Now, did you um, think that in writing your two uh, sentences that your second grade teacher would have given you a bad grade <laughs> on, um, did you think that conveyed a sense of urgency as well? I I stayed away from those words. Um, it was no, no, to no. me. You don't need the words if right. you don't have time to write. A you know what? That's maybe. I think I think there was a sense of urgency because of that type of name being on the market. Um, you know, it was let me know if you're interested, or I believe it was just let me know if you're interested on the for the second sentence, the second phrase. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it, I guess, it was implied that I'm about to make a few more outbound emails. Yeah. Um, you know that I'm I'm actually really you know nose to the grindstone to get this thing marketed. So. Mm -hmm. uh, that yeah. was, I think, I think it was all just timing though. The yeah. company that owned it had decided that their jewelry business, uh, while profitable, wasn't worth as much as the domain name. And the buyer also realized uh, or made the decision that he was going to have to pay top dollar or asking price to stop it from going to market. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you've seen these, you've seen three and four letter dot com domain sales. You've seen NDA transactions, uh, which may or may not have exceeded this one. So, you know, at this level, how fast competitive bidding with two companies that really want it could have driven something like this from 3.5 to 5. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I have seen that. I mean, and it's like a, a flash flood. You know? Right. right. So, I mean, it, I think that was, that was a messaging I was trying to convey when I was talking to uh, the, the buyer. Um, and it was, I actually texted the other party that I thought would be interested in within four hours. Uh, they came back and they were very interested and I was able to tell them, I'm sorry, it's sold. So, wow. I'm really looking forward to like the next opportunity that I can put in front of them. Um, <laughs> cause, cause you have some serious credibility, on. you know, and it's important. And I think this um, is interesting for folks who don't know domains as well, but are in marketing and branding or, you know, um, IP protection, whatnot, mm -hmm. um, to understand the importance of having a relationship with a broker. Um, for when that once in a lifetime asset comes to market. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. So um, what did the buyer, what was the asking price? What, what did the buyer pay? Can you tell us about the negotiations? The, I can tell you about the price. It was uh, 3.5 million. Um, US dollars. That US dollars. Sorry. Um, yeah. And that, that was a, you know, the, the incentive that I gave and the incentive that I really had to offer was if, you know, the, the guy on the phone, basically, if, if uh, the folks that I was talking to decided they wanted me to act as their buyer's broker, I wasn't going to market the name to anyone else. 
I was going to go back to the seller's broker as their exclusive agent and do everything I could to lock it down. And was this all just verbal agreement? Yes. Wow. I mean, that is yes. trust. You know, they say the currency of the, the internet is trust. Uh, they're not kidding. Even well, down to this. It, it was, it was the, the telephone call handshake type deal, you know, that, that wow. we've seen in this industry for, you know, 10, 20, 10, 20 years. Yeah. Um, Someday we'll be able to say generations. Right. And, it, and I'll tell you, even at that level, even with the trust and how quickly it went through, we actually ended up getting an agreement in place. And since they're your sponsor and mine, I'll go ahead and say we used, wait, I'm looking at it backwards. We used escrow.com for the transaction. Um, the money changed hands twice in less than two weeks because the buyers wanted to remain anonymous. The money transferred to their representatives who were the representatives uh, on record and in the agreement at escrow.com. So it actually, I mean, if you think about it, it happens, you know, in less than 14 business days uh, or less than 14 days, that amount of money changed hands twice. And that is not hands closing the transaction out. Wow. And international banks, I don't know how many countries were involved in that, but I've seen some transactions, you know, seven figures, multiple um, countries, God forbid, right. like one time, two of them had a holiday at uh, <laughs> two different countries. Well, um, so, but that's not easy. It takes a lot to coordinate. And that is a real shout out to escrow. I mean, they're amazing. It, it's absolutely shout out to escrow. The fact that these guys are also in uh, finance to a degree, an intercontinental exchange, and they've used Goodbye. the acronym ICE for years. Uh, they're actually based in Atlanta and they own the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, as one of many exchanges they've purchased, they do, I think their, their market cap's like 40 billion. They do 6 billion a year now. Um, but it was a, it, it was interesting to see how quickly a company like that can move because, I mean, you've also seen the publicly traded companies. Sometimes it'll take, after they agree to buy a name, it takes 90 days to get all the approvals. I've got one right now that's been hanging in escrow. Um, because of a wire coming from a, a European publicly traded company. And they, they agreed to buy the domain name 90 days ago, and I'm hoping the transaction will complete out before the end of this month. Yeah. Um, and we do. We see, you know, transactions like that, and yet something like ICE is so top-tier They'll make that. I mean, you know, they'll prioritize. They did. Well, by they, I mean the buyer. They don't. You want. know, the deal's not done until the money and the domain have changed hands. Yep. And yep. that was that's always my biggest concern because when you're dealing with any transactions at this level, you either have something or nothing at all. There is no middle ground. There's nothing in between. So until the transaction's completed. Uh, you know, everybody's a little nervous that, you know, something could go sideways. I mean, at any time. Yep. It's uh, true. Yeah. You just, you never know what can happen. Let alone when you're dealing with a company uh, like this. So you have the seller who you did not manage that relationship, but the Correct. seller was a jewelry company who acquired mm -hmm. the domain for, do you know what amount and when they acquired that? I believe that. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't have, I don't have anything in front of me on that. I don't know how much they paid for it and I don't remember how long they had it. Okay. Well, I'm not sure what I know from where. And mm -hmm. so um, what I, I know is public information is that they bought it a few years ago for seven figures. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely they made a profit on selling it. 
Um, so that's great for them. And even if they didn't, you know, to, to see that your business has less value than your domain name and decide to um, liquidate it and, and use a different brand, good, good for them. I mean, that's a, that, domains are amazing assets like that. So then they're outbound selling it. And when you say that the buyer wanted to remain anonymous, that, I mean, it's obvious who owns it now. Um, it was just throughout the process. Throughout the process, they were worried about seller's remorse. If the seller found out who the buyer was, okay, what the, what the worth of the company was, that they were, would have just backed out of the deal or wanted more money, but we've seen it. Yeah. Um, so they wanted to remain anonymous. I think that's, you know, and, that, and that's something that's really important to anyone watching this that does brokerage, as you know. I mean, it, if, if a buy side or sell side client wants to be anonymous, they're, they have their good reasons for it. They've seen deals go sideways because of it. And, you know, it's, it's harder these days with escrow.com, with the KYC process, depending on who the buyer is, if they've got, if they've got their information uh, available once the funds post. Mm -hmm. So they may have to um, have, uh, it, they may have to have a third party act for them. And in this case, what they did is they actually had a, uh, they had a company, they had a, a, a legal firm act on their behalf. The money had been transferred to the legal firm and then the, uh, their attorneys, their outside attorneys uh, handled the transaction for them. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, do you think it's always an indication? Do you think if you're selling a domain and the buyer wants to remain anonymous, do you think that's an indication that you should have seller's remorse or that you left money on the table? Um, do you think that's a... That's a great question. I mean, it would really depend, I think, if I'm the buyer's broker or seller's broker in that case. <laughs> you know, if, yeah. if I'm the buyer's broker, they want to remain anonymous. I want to get the deal done as quickly as possible. We want everybody at the table to be happy. But at the end of the day, we want the transaction done. Yeah. So no one ends up with remorse. And it's that in that case, you know, you're protecting your buyers against seller's remorse. Um, if, you know, if the buyers are wanting to remain anonymous and I'm a seller's broker, I'm going to have a tough time with it, not knowing who it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't generally do that. If they've got another um, agent or broker representing them, you know, then, then I'm not going to know who the ultimate buyer is. Um, but you know, the, I guess I think the, the anonymity is, is something we all want when we're buying things. Um, I'm so sorry. Can you give me just a second? I Absolutely. have some or and our heat has been out. Uh, oh, no. the, yeah. just, I'm so sorry. So you were saying, David, about um, when you're representing the seller, then you're wondering what's happening with the buyer, why right. they want to be anonymous. If I'm representing the seller, um, the goal there is for me to always get two or three interested people at the table mm -hmm. as buyers. If you can get a bidding war um, um, with two or more players at the table, then you really got something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or if you have the company that owns the New York Stock Exchange. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a big even at the same time, you know, they were worried they were overpaying. And, you know, that was something they really wrestled with because they're like, you know, if we're overpaying for this, it's going to make the news that we have an unbudgeted expense in, in this category, and that could be detrimental 
to the news cycle for us for the day. I mean, that's something they have to constantly think about. It's like, you know, this is the, the quote I ended up coming up with for the press release is one of the quotes I think I'm most proud of um, is that they bought this domain name for less than the cost of a 30 second Super Bowl ad. I was going to ask you about that. That's a fabulous quote. They're, they're five million dollars for thirty second spots now. Yeah. So and, and and you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so right there, there are five million bucks for thirty seconds, and then you've got companies like Doritos or Budweiser that do four ads or six ads. So their ad budget for companies that are that big, they're insane. You know, mm -hmm. if you can't build a use case to spend five million for a one word. Dot com that everyone's going to spell correctly when they hear it. Everyone's going to remember and they're going to type it in. Um, it, it's crazy that you can't make that kind of use case with some people at some companies. Um, you know, so. Yeah, I, and, and I hope that, you know, time and places like Domain Sherpa will, will change that and help that perception to mature. So, David, what I'm hearing in that commercial um, comment of yours is what a skillful broker you are, not only in getting the deal done, but in protecting your client's interests afterwards and in helping with public perception. You know, there are a lot of challenges working with publicly traded corporations um, um, and sometimes transactions, I mean, tra I've seen transactions where they request anonymity for so many different reasons. It doesn't always mean that it is, you know, um, some super wealthy company or that they would be willing to pay 10 times as much. Um, but the number one reason that I see is concern about public perception, being inundated with requests to acquire other domains. Mm -hmm. um, they value their privacy and that um, public perception, especially of an asset class, that is often misunderstood. Um, I'm curious, David, did they ask you to be attentive to that in your press release? Or did you just know from the negotiations what their values were and you knew that was important to highlight? That was covered in a few emails back and forth from them to me. Mm -hmm. Is it that was a concern of theirs? They were really transparent about that. Um, and I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, to me, on the valuation side, I think the company that has put the domain name on the books at the highest values, cars.com, and they've, they've listed as the uh, what indefinite lived intangible asset at $872 million. And right now, their market cap's like $1.8 billion. It, it, it was fluctuating between two and two and a half. I think it's down right now. But, you know, that they think the domain name is the reason they're as big as they are. And it's worth over a third of the company. Um, you know, so it's if you've got a name like ice.com or career.com or batteries.com, drop that in there too. It, the Super Bowl ad, um, you know, discussion helps. It, it helps um, establish some value. It helps with anchoring bias because you're giving somebody a number that they can compare um, the, the asking price to. Uh, and I mean, honestly, it's like the, the following year, the renewal cost, if they're, if they're not even getting wholesale, 
is what, $12 a year? You know, so for the next 10 years, carrying cost on a dot-com is still $120. It's that one-time capital outlay. Um, and then they've got, they've got a brand, you know, absolutely a brand in a box. So the, the one word dot coms, the two letter dot coms, I mean, the, as you know, I mean, those are the ones that's, those are the ones we like to really specialize in. Um, and we really felt lucky. And, and again, I mean, it, I'm not, I haven't mentioned grit brokerage a second time, so I will bring Brian up again, uh, because we've been talking more even this past month. Um, he is, um, it, it is really, uh, one, I don't know if you've had him on the show before. No, um, but I would love I, to. One of the guys that I, it would be interesting to have him on the show. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll do an introduction by email yeah. uh, when we're off today. So for our podcast, I, I always forget our podcast listeners. I'm doing the little call me, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll watch, he'll call. Okay, um, cool. So, what other questions do you have for me on this one? So, you know, what, what, factors went into um the intercontinental exchange and how they've they you know valued this or how they decided um on this price i mean i looked up in 2017 there were 5.83 billion dollars in revenue um so they don't need ice.com to make more money um, what, what value did they assign to it, um, in terms of pricing? What prices did you discuss? And in terms of how it's going to grow their business or be meaningful for them? The, uh, again, the short email, that short conversation was the tactic I took. And so I wasn't really trying to build a use case. Um, it, at that level, somebody either wants it or they don't. Um, and they already know, and this happened to be a case where they had actually chased the domain name right about the time the jewelry company bought it the first time. And did you already um, know that? No, I didn't know that until the phone conversation. Um, I learned that they had considered, um, that they, they had debated buying the company to get the domain name. Buying the whole sold, jewelry company. Yeah they still thought the company was probably worth less than the domain name would be in the open market. Um, and so they thought that that might be, you know, a possibility. Um, but it just never did happen. So it was just, it was all timing, you know, yeah. and, and things like this really, you know, as you know, with some of these transactions you see, it's, it really, it's, it does come down to timing. Yeah. Uh, it does. You know, I, I do believe in keeping, I mean, I've, I've got my business card stack here you know, from the last trade show I went to, I believe in keeping business cards. You never know when you're going to remember, oh, wait, there was that guy at the, you know, the, the blockchain conference or, you know, some of these crypto conferences are interesting. Uh, you yeah. know, we got Namescon coming up in January, uh, but you never know who you're going to run into and meet at conferences. Uh, so I, I do save those cards. Interesting. Um, yeah. Good, good, good habit to have. Now, um, did you present them with an asking price or did they make the first offer on price? I, I gave them the buy it now price. I had been authorized to give them a buy now price. It was not negotiable. And if they hadn't accepted it, I had one other company I was authorized to give a buy now price. And then I was, I, w I had been talking to Brian about marketing it to get multiple buyers to the table to get a bidding war. Um, wow. 
So they so, had already agreed, um, the seller had already agreed to an instant buy it now price. They had agreed to a buy it now price and I... So it, no money felt, left on the table. I mean, I that's felt like that impressive. buy it now price was fragile. I felt like they were, they were ready to change their minds on that number as soon as they felt like they had multiple interested parties at the table, especially if they knew the size of one of them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that was the other reason there was that, that sense of urgency all around to get the deal done on the buy side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're in an interesting position as the buyer's broker, but um, approaching them on an outbound sale. Mm -hmm. I think that um, you have some serious skills, man. That's what I'm saying. Hey, right. There was a real it, Honestly, it was just timing. Yeah. Thank I you. mean, contract or no contract. Um, sometimes you do see um, a seller suddenly realizing, you know, the interest or terrified this asset that they've held on to or invested their life savings in. And um, there, there can be a fragility and it is much easier to just get that deal done. Um, so good, good for you for um, just sounds like a lot of intuition there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, very cool. So, um, Who's your contract? Contact us. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know anyone um, at Intercontinental Exchange. How, like, I've never bumped into them at a crypto conference. Um, have you, can you say, have you done domain business with them in the past? I, I can't say, I would prefer not to say. And I had not done any domain business with them in the past. Um, you know, it's, you know, we'll see if they end up getting any more domain names. I don't yeah. know. Do you think when you emailed them, they remembered or knew who you were? Like, did you have a relationship or you I just I didn't had know. like a business card? I, I had a business card, some contact information. I figured the chances of them remembering me were slim. Huh. But, uh, and you didn't waste your time in that email because you know what? Ice.com, you don't need an introduction. <laughs> um, you know, that and that's, your those credit. Those are the kind of emails you hope to get, right? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so, so um, I, I just, I honestly, I think the takeaway for this whole, uh, our whole chat really is, you know, for something like this, keep it short yeah. um, on, on a domain name that's worth six figures or more. Um, you know, you, you don't need to explain why it's a great domain name. You need to find the right buyer uh, for it. Um, mm -hmm or find a broker that's the right broker for you. And there are several good ones out there. Um, but you really definitely, um, you don't need to make a, write a book or a chapter in a book in an email when you're trying to do outbound, nobody's going to read it anyway. And that's, I mean, it's like the elevator pitch, but you're not it, on an elevator is one email. It um, is the elevator pitch. It yeah. absolutely is the elevator pitch in a situation like that. Yeah. And ice.com pretty much. That's that. That's the pitch. Ice.com is for sale. Yeah. Um, today. Yeah, are you interested? Yeah, it's melting. <laughs> right? I mean, TikTok, so. TikTok. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That'd be a great email right there. <laughs> Will you do that with career or career .com, please? I don't. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> you you want them to think that though? Um, yeah. So. And that's the key. Sometimes what is not said can be very powerful. Um, yeah, I, this is um, this is really enlightening, David. Um, what I, I, other thing that I'm wondering is what 
do you have any ideas, even if they didn't actually give you feedback, on what factors went into their valuation besides that it's short, it's good for email? Like, do you think they had security concerns, email bleed concerns? Did the sellers say, hey, we're getting emails that are meant for other companies? I, um, the seller never said that. I don't know. They were operating on the ice.com. I would think that it was the a similar move from the facebook.com to facebook.com. Um, you know, just they knew that the .com was the, the right TLD to own. Um, you know, and it, as I've watched companies go short, either shorten their names like that or go from a .net to a .dropbox, went from dropbox.net to dropbox.com. I think they just wanted to drop the V. And they, in internal documents, I think for the past 15 solid years, they've been referring to the company as ICE, always capitalizing all three uh, letters. That's how they've been referring to themselves. So mentally, they didn't have to take mental ownership of it. They already had the mental ownership built in. And, and really, that's their brand. Yeah. Uh, their ultimate Ooh. brand. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen that time and again. You find out that a company, what a company calls itself internally, and they don't own that domain, that is money in the bank. Now, uh, jumping in when you mentioned getting emails meant for someone else or getting emails meant for them, you can, as a broker, you can cause some problems with for a client by telling a potential buyer, uh, if you don't buy this name, somebody's going to get emails meant for you. Uh, you actually could cause them to get sued uh, over uh, concerns of trademark uh, rights protection. I've, I've talked to a few attorneys about that recently in things that the broker should or shouldn't say, can, can't say. And there's actually been a, there was a broker that said something very similar to that and actually got their client sued. Um, it, it, those, because of the, if you don't get this, you know, people are going to get emails and business meant for you. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can always say, um, if you don't buy this, someone else will, and it's never, ever, ever going to be for sale. Um, and I, I've actually run into that with a, I've got a collection of domain names right now that fit um, mascot, like bulldogs.com uh, is one that I'm marketing right now. There are, I didn't realize how many teams used Bulldogs. There are over a thousand high schools in the U.S. There are 300 um, teams across the U.S., Canada, Europe, Australia for lacrosse and rugby, uh, soccer, and of course, football. Um, and, you, you know, when you're talking to a university, you don't want to tell them if they don't get this, another university is going to get emails or possibly people interested in donating money that would be meant for them. Um, so sorry, just, I went off on a tangent there. No, that's valuable, David. And um, it's important really, you know, some people just jump in and call themselves a domain broker because they want to sell a domain, but right. it is important in the process. I mean, you're not an attorney and not giving legal advice and neither am I, but right. we received some advisement before entering into the brokerage space. And, um, and that is, that's, that's really, really important. Um, so, um, do you think that if they had not bought it so quickly that a bidding war would have ensued with, let's just say, I mean, that was the same day you had a handshake deal. Do you think if it had taken two days, you would have had a bidding war? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. I got, I mean, because of when I got the reply back on my text that was just four hours old, there was some real interest. Yeah. I I think I actually identified the top two buyers for it uh, and knew both of them or casually knew how to get all of one uh, because of a casual introduction. And I knew another one. Yeah, that's a big deal. And how did you know those people would be like, did you get them farmed out from those people to somebody else? Like somebody saying, hey, I got a text from the guy you texted or you already had the contact with the, like, how do you identify that decision maker? That is for a broker. That's one of the most difficult things to do. It's, Um, I, I think it's just the Rolodex. It's at a certain point, you know, you've talked to enough people about enough words um, in the space. I mean, going back, you know, 10, 12 years mm-hmm. at this point, yeah. uh, that I've, I've run into people, um, as high as like intellectual property, Hewlett Packard. Um, I had a relationship with them that lasted, uh, five years or so until the, uh, the former intellectual property, du- um, director retired. And it was, it was really interesting that space, the people that do that for publicly traded companies, they tend to move around in that same space at other companies. They also tend to know one another pretty well. So I've and got one to says, know, yeah, hey, do you know a broker? Yeah, or hey, I've, I I've, saw I've gotten to know guy. some folks in that in that set. Uh, and then there are some there are some publicly traded companies that do value domain names um, and use them for leverage for branding. And there were the other company was public is publicly traded too. Um, that I was that I had emailed or texted. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you, um, I, I just, I see a lot of pun potential here. You crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I want to do five or ten of those a year. I think that would be that's my goal right now. All in forty-five minutes. What's that? It, that would be fantastic. You know how much time it'd be able to take off. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. You know, when I take time off. I can't, I, I wished I could move the camera around the office. It's everything's fixed. But, you know, I find myself these days, I've got two girls. I took off one of the pictures I'm looking at is the solar eclipse that came through the U.S. the end of last year. We oh, all yeah. went onto the line of totality and I wa- let my daughters watch a solar eclipse. So, so I took a couple of days off. We traveled to it, stayed cool. out of town and did that. Uh, and I've already taken my oldest down to see uh, the SpaceX um, Falcon Heavy rocket launch. Uh, we're space center. Um, so I'm, I'm finding I would rather take more time off to do trips like that. So absolutely. Yeah. Five Hmm. or 10 in 45 minutes. That'd be fantastic. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, well, it sounds like you are raising two, uh, future leader women in tech. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So David, what's next for you? Um, uh, you're working on batteries.com and career.com outbound selling them now. Um, career.com for certain batteries.com is just something I bought about three years ago and it's, it's doing well. Um, it, it makes money. I don't have the warehouse. I don't do the pick pack and ship anymore. Uh, in fact, the the last domain Sherpa interview was about batteries.com. Um, I sensed that interview, I closed the warehouse. I just do drop shipping. I spend about five hours a week on it. Um, and it, it, it services its debt. Uh, which is near zero at this point. Um, and it's, it, it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's a nice business that just operates without me having to do a lot for it. That's uh, what we all the, need. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and then most of my time is Brandon's on the buy side. Uh, brokerage has really gotten busy. And then on the sell side on occasion for names like career.com when they come along. Very nice. Let me ask you real quick on batteries.com. Um, what made you decide to transition? Did you feel that you like reached a certain point that you were able to transition? I, in terms of moving back to moving to dropship from the warehouse, mm -hmm. um, there's this raging war between Amazon and Walmart right now online. And, you know, you've, you've got the, the guns are, you know, they're big and they're, they're using batteries as a loss leader. So Mark, mm -hmm. uh, the guy that runs walmart.com, he sold jet.com to Walmart, um, used to work for Jeff at Amazon. He actually had to sell diapers.com, soap, wag, and yo-yo, all of those, which now just redirect to amazon.com. Yeah. Um, but that was at the point of a bayonet when th there was a year-long Pampers war. Um, so he was Madden. That's, he's, he's got Walmart money now. Uh, so they're using batteries as their loss leader. And so I was taking a hit every month. I was, there were some pretty decent losses uh, for almost two years. And I decided I had to just stop trying to sell double A batteries online. Mm -hmm. um, so we, I got, I let everyone in the warehouse go and went drop ship only closed the warehouse, moved the office, uh, didn't move it far, a couple of miles up the road, but I'm in, my neighbors now are doctors and attorneys and insurance agents. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a nicer office than a warehouse. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. And do you see long, long or short term? Are you planning to? Um, you think it'll be acquired by one of those two? It certainly sounds well positioned. I don't. And if you don't want to comment, that's okay. I don't think. I don't mind commenting. I don't think it's the type of business they're interested in anymore. If I had a hundred thousand SKUs, and I was actually selling batteries out of a warehouse here that would be different. Mm. Uh, the, both of them may be interested Walmart more than Amazon uh, for a couple of reasons, but that, you know, it could change in 12 months. Um, but I, it, it's funny. I know the metrics that they both look at when they're buying companies. Amazon really makes acquisitions now, it seems to me, on, um, on EBITDA and they, they look at, they, they don't really need to acquire more customers. Uh, they look at niche markets that they want, maybe want to get into. Yeah. Um, you know, Zappos, they're maintaining separate still, but when they got battery or diapers.com, you know, they've, they've absorbed it at this point. No, you know, absorbed it. it. I mean, it's gone. You type in diapers.com, it goes to Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Amazon, I don't think Amazon's the domain buyer anymore. Um, yeah. It's very, yeah. Smart. So what other projects you have going on? Uh, are we going to see you at NamesCon? I'm definitely going to be at NamesCon. Um, I've got the tickets. I, I need to book the hotel room, but uh, I've got I already got the tickets um, and I'm definitely going to be out there. You going to be out there? Yep. Yep. I just booked uh, my hotel a couple days ago. So awesome. done and done. Yeah. All right. Well, David, um, really nice to have you on. I'm looking forward to having you on the uh, review panel um, pretty soon here. We have it scheduled already. And um, big congrats on the sale. Really, really interesting, unique sale and I want to hear all about the next one. Um, yes, thank, thank you so much for having me on Domain Sherpa. I really appreciate you making time um, for, for this and thank you for giving me the comments on the, the banner back here. 
Um, yeah, it's your first time, your inaugural, inaugural yeah. use of the banner. Yeah. I, this is the first time it's been set up. It's, and it's, you know, it's one of those eight by 10 banners set up for a trade show booth. So it cool. really goes to the ceiling in this, in this office. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. thank, thank you so much. It's great talking to you. All right. I'll see you and your banner at NamesCon. Okay. Bye. See y'all next time. Bye. <laughs>